Andrell's podcast, where the help comes from self and from community, where we engage in communication to better understand ourselves and the community at large. Join in on the conversation. Good day, everyone. Welcome back to Podcasting with Andrell. Excited to be here with you guys. It's always fun times for me to just have a moment to sit down and just exhale and just share some thoughts with you guys. So I'm excited to have you back with me this week on this very special week of July. Um, I want to take the time to wish a happy belated Canada Day to my fellow Canadians. I never forget Canada Day. It does feel special whenever I can find a fellow Canadian anywhere around me at work or whatnot. I um, definitely try to find a way to highlight it and celebrate. However, over here, the 4th of July is uh, Independence Day. So I do also want to wish a happy 4th of July to my fellow Americans. So many, many celebrations happening around us. And I hope everyone is enjoying the time, enjoyed the day off or capitalizing on spending time with their friends and family, whatever you need to do to take care of yourself and just enjoy the moment. So um, again, happy festivities and please be safe. Um, as you do festive (laughs) or celebrate. Um, Today I am coming back with a topic that I think is uh, somewhat of a continuation of what was shared last week. The topic discussed was responsibility. And um, part of my personal mandate is to ensure that when I do share that it is coming from a place of um, relevance for me. It's coming from a place that is genuine. And I feel like it does, um, it does impact how and what I am able to share. And so what I have found over the past week, it's not it was not intended, but I do see how it, it does. um, It does continue along the same threads of being response-able. If you haven't heard it, tune in. It's episode number two, and it's called Response-Ability. And it just speaks to our ability to respond to a certain need. And what I found and what I continue to find still is this along the same, in the same context, I'm sorry, the issue of recognizing what it is you have available to you to be able to do that can sometimes be something that we shy away from. So today, the topic I am presenting on is called, what do you have in your hands? It is a question I like to ask myself when I am um, getting distracted, I'd say, when I am getting sucked into things that are happening around me and I'm starting to wonder what am I able to do and how can I contribute or what is my my duty in this moment? And I think in a world where social media, we're able to see so many different things, it can get overwhelming and it can really start to blur the lines or the understanding of what it is you are supposed to do. And what I found 
that helps me stay grounded is answering that question. What do you have in your hand? When I have friends or anyone coming to me in terms of trying to make a decision um, career-wise or direction-wise, I always ask them, what do you have in your hand? And so today I wanna ask you what you have in your hand. What is it you have that is in your back pocket and that you may have forgotten or that you may not really have given enough value and importance to and find yourself now busy looking elsewhere for something that is already in your hand and available to you. So let, let me break that down a bit more. <clears throat> when I think of what we have in our hands, I think of a term that I've coined everyday extraordinary. Those are the things that we do every day and they are extraordinary. They're not just ordinary, they're not simple, you know. I would dub brushing your teeth as ordinary, okay? Um, washing your face or I don't know. Um, and some of these things may not be ordinary and I, if I find, if I come across someone who does it in an extraordinary way, I'll be sure to share that with you. But there are some things we do on a daily that are okay, ordinary. But then there are things that we each do every day that is extraordinary and we don't even realize it because we do it daily. And for us, it is natural, but for others, it would be considered extraordinary. A lot of times that thing is what you have in your hand. But here, here's the quandary or here's the dilemma with having an everyday extraordinary skill. We tend to minimize and reduce our natural talent. You know, we, we reduce that skill that happens, you know, instinctively. The way you can whip up a meal with five ingredients in your pantry or the way you can style that person's hair, style yourself. Um, the way you can, I don't know, um, write that letter so eloquently. There are certain things we do on a daily, we don't give it so much consideration. So we tend to minimize and reduce it because it's so natural for us. It's so effortless. It's so familiar. It's kind of like family, unfortunately. Sometimes we can um, neglect our family. The behaviors that we exhibit around our family reflects a, fami a familiarity. It's because we're comfortable with them. So we do certain things that we probably wouldn't do around other people. And that's the same thing with the, the skill you have. It's so familiar, you don't even give it two thoughts. And that's unfortunate because that thing is possibly what allows you to stand out from a lot of people around you. We don't give it a thought, even if that thing deserves much more of our thought than we even realize. You know, <clears throat> as I was writing this, I, was, I started chuckling because I was thinking of times when I was like in the house trying to get out, you know, telling the kids run to the car. And I'm like, where are my keys? Where are my keys? I had, my, I had everything in my hand, purse, you know, agenda, everything in hand. And I'm like, where are my keys? only to find out that my keys were in my hand. And because I carry my keys in my hand, sometimes it's almost an extension of me that I don't even realize. I have it in my possession and I'm looking everywhere else for something that I already have. I don't wear glasses, 
but I've seen many a times where someone is looking for their glasses, it's on their head. It's like these things that are natural to us have become so, so much part of us, we minimize it or we don't even really give it that much thought. Isn't that interesting? So another aspect of everyday extraordinary things and how they can, um, they can go by unnoticed somewhat is I think it has us complicating that which is simple and natural. And by that I mean, if it's so natural to you, if it's so simple, it couldn't be that thing. You know what I mean? It can't be that, right? It got to be a bit more complicated. It has to be more flashy. It's got to be bigger. It's got to be more intense, more involved. You know, life couldn't be that simple. I mean, we got to find a way to make it sound more complicated. And then we can start saying it's of value and of worth. You know, I think sometimes we confuse the idea of complicated things or simple things, I should say, as being equal to easy, that is far from that, far from it. Something that comes naturally to you speaks to a talent or skill you have. But nonetheless, the practice of a thing is what really leads to you excelling with it. So, you know, don't don't confuse the idea that because it is effortless or simple for you, that it would not require some development and practice in it. So complication, you don't need to complicate certain things. The only complication is finding the time and, you know, the effort to be able to practice that skill, but not because that activity you do needs to be any more complicated than it already is. The other thing I want to mention with regards to the fact that we feel like it's not big enough, I think that is a result a lot of times of us comparing ourselves that, you know, that little word, <clears throat> excuse me, that little word, such a dirty little word. I think, you know, comparing may have a place in the world and it serves a purpose, especially when you're playing one of those games where you got to find the difference between the two pictures or, you know, you have to ensure that you're getting the right object. But when it comes to comparing ourselves to others, let me, let me put it this way. Ian Lavenza says, comparison is an act of violence against the self. Okay? And I, I have to agree. Because in comparing ourselves to others, what we find ourselves frequently doing is um, minimizing or despising what it is we have and looking at what somebody else has, thinking it's better when each person has what they need and is able to function and excel within that scope. So for me to sit there and compare is just really attacking myself and not necessarily building me so that I can be better at what it is I do. You know, Theodore Roosevelt says, comparison is a thief of all joy. And it's true because in that process of attacking myself, I promise you, you're not feeling happy. You're not feeling happy. I, I you know, there are, no, it, I'm sorry, I was about to say, I have a picture, 
um, an image that I use for motivation as I'm working out in terms of goals. And I don't, I don't know that I compare myself to the picture, but I've used it, I'm using it as an image to work towards to. But when I do sometimes go through an Instagram feed or whatnot, and I'm like, oh my gosh, look how fit that person looks. Oh my word, how did they do it? I can't say I'm feeling great about myself in that process. So if you find yourself comparing yourself and your gifts, I'm going to have to ask you to stop because that is not where you will find more growth and comfort. And it'll, again, make you despise or minimize or reduce or complicate that which is naturally within you. The next thing it does and this is still along the lines of everyday extra, extraordinary things we do. Sometimes what we may find ourselves doing is running from the obvious towards things that may appear more valuable. So we have this thing in our hands and because we don't esteem it, because we don't see it as anything of worth, we find ourselves running towards something else. So I think um, sometimes along the lines of you know, studying or getting a new degree, when someone tells me they want to get a new degree, my first question is, how does it complement where you're going? How does it support the current strategy or the plan that you have? And how does it help reinforce what you already have? Um, my concern a lot of times is that you are not giving what you have in your hand the time to mature and develop, and you're looking to run from what you have here to something else that looks greener, not realizing that today it looks greener. By the time you're done getting that degree, it may start looking a little yellow because it's prime season is about to be over and there's no continuity for you to build off of what you already had. So what are you running from? And understanding that sometimes the tools that you're looking to grab aren't meant to be in your hands. Because listen, the value of a tool is determined by the hand that wields it, okay? So I can have a basketball in my hand and not be as effective as LeBron James. And that is fact. It's fact. So how does that make any sense for me to run towards something if it is not necessarily a tool that I'm meant to hold or wield. So if you think about it, from, from football to some clippers or shears, or from a mic to a pen, the damage actually comes from the individual equipped to use it effectively. So are you running towards something that has the potential because in statistics or they show that this field of work has created this type of revenue or this type of situation for the person who is, you know, who has that title, are you running towards that? Are you, or are you running towards a skill that will complement what you already naturally have? You know, I, I, um, <clears throat> I remember years ago, years ago, so arrogant, myself and a friend, and he's a journalist, um, so he's great with words. We were chatting, and we were just, you know, oh, we can rap. I mean, it's just not that complicated. We write. We write, and we're pretty eloquent. We got college degrees. We can rap. So we went about trying to rap. And can I tell you how much of an epic flop that was? And that was probably one of my first encounters with one um, 
respecting gifts that other people may have that you think you take you you think you can do because they make it look so easy and that was one of those moments where I had to shake my head and humble myself and acknowledge that nah this is not my calling and I don't have that ability to do it so rapping requires a skill um of not just of, of not just writing but and very importantly writing though but not just writing the delivery of it is crucial and it while it sounds simple and it's it's beautiful words put together and you think you can do all those things don't minimize it if it's not the tool that you have in your backpack and use what you do have so think of the risk of running towards something that is external to you. For me, one of the key things in my life that I, f- I feel like I'm really being very intentional about, it's the idea of time. I'm at a stage, and I think I've always been this person, time is always something that I value and I, I try to maximize as much as possible. So the thought of me running towards something I have no business being involved in only leaves me thinking of the amount of time that I've taken away from that which I should be investing my time. And so if you think about what you do have in your hand, earlier I mentioned because it's not complicated does not mean it's not easy. Um, Or because it's simple doesn't mean that it's easy as well. And therefore it requires some effort and some time on your part to be able to ensure that you maximize and you develop and you grow that skill. So if I'm busy trying to become something I'm not called to be, that means I'm not practicing and developing that skill that is naturally and intrinsically mine. So that time lost, not only do I have to recoup it, but I also have to get back into the rhythm of something that I was doing naturally and was growing in. And so for me, I want to just take a moment and encourage you. Running, it feels great. Um, It's always, you know, there's always this element of hope and excitement at the possibility of being able to run into something great and run, run into a huge success. Now, I'm in no way, shape, or, you know, form saying um, don't run towards something that you are being led to. But I am saying don't run away for what it, from what is in your hand because this time you have right now, this moment is yours and this is an opportunity you have to be able to, to further your skill and excel so that you'll be ready for when that opportunity comes to you. So that's just my, my two cents on running. I'm pretty good at running or <laughs> running away sometimes. Um, so I really want to encourage you to consider focusing on what it is you do have and not running away from from that thing and developing it. So here here's where I want to kind of end with this. When you consider what's in your hand, don't despise your talent and the beginning of your growth. Everyone started somewhere. Everyone realized, wait a second, this may not be f- you know, fully at its capacity, but I have something here that I want to explore and possibly develop and see where it'll go. So don't despise the beginning of a thing. Don't despise the raw form of your skill. 
It may not be pretty. You may not know how to plate that just yet, but you can cook it and everybody wants to eat it. And that's the biggest part. The rest you can learn. The rest you can get trained on. So don't, don't, don't think that because it's not packaged yet to the way of excellence that you would want it to be, that it's any less than it actually is. Lastly, don't underestimate the worth of what you have in your hand. My, my thoughts sometimes are that if I can't value my worth, the worth of what I have in my hand, I wonder how much of that is impacting how I view myself and the worth I have, the self-worth I have for myself. I'm not saying you are that thing, but that thing represents you. So if that is invaluable, what does that say about how you view yourself? And I want you to consider that it is possible that there is a low self-worth being attributed to yourself that you may need to explore in order to be able to give that thing a chance to thrive and to grow. So the thought of functioning covertly in your gifting and, you know, minimizing it, not sharing that, that's fine. I think there's always a season in our lives where we are hidden. Things, like they say, seeds grow in the dirt. It's not growing in the light, in the presence of numerous people or, you know, we don't see it in a glass and see the whole process of the growth. It happens in the dirt, in the dark, alone, with water, of course, and nutrients, but it's happening alone. So your gift, it may be happening alone, but there comes a time where I would want to know that you could blossom and that your gift could be viewed and experienced by others who are meant to experience it. But in order to do that, you have to know you have something valuable. You have to know that you're worth it. You have to know that it is worth it. And unless you can get there, we may have some challenges. I don't think it's hard. It would be impossible to overcome. It would require some determination and some work. Your thought may be right now, well, what is my everyday extraordinary? If I'm not able to recognize it, how can I actually activate it? I think that'll be part of our next few conversations. But one of the recommendations or, or encouragements I would have, ask someone who sees you. And by sees you, I don't mean someone who lives with you and may also just, you know, not even acknowledge or recognize you. I mean someone who sees you, someone who's, who knows you. It could be your child. Because you know what? Kids see the darndest thing. I promise you the, the statements I've heard from my four-year-old daughter. Amazing and accurate. Someone who sees you, have them tell you about yourself. I think I've said this before, and I do think it's you know a great tool. I don't want you to find someone who's mean and who doesn't really care for you. Find someone who sees you, who cares about you. And you would be surprised at how many times you have displayed extraordinary and just really underestimated it. So this is what I wanted to share with you today. Consider what you have in your hands. Don't minimize it. It's in your hands for a reason. Because your hands are capable 
your hands wield the power to to make that thing in your hand shine and be amazing for others around you to experience. So hope that left you with a little bit of encouragement or thoughts to ponder on as you finish out your week. And I hope that we can continue this conversation again um, next week as we continue to delve into gifts, talents, and passions. Thanks for joining in. See you next week. Thank you.